Hello, everyone. This is David Goldsmith, and welcome to the Project Moon Hut podcast series, The Age of Infinite. We're looking to learn from individuals all over the world how we can better and more rapidly establish sustainable life on the moon and how we can improve our ecosystem on Earth so we can make that happen, with the end result being that we change how we live on Earth for all species. Well, today we have a, another fantastic guest on the line. His name, and I hope I don't screw this up, <laughs> is Kale uh, Vaha Yakola. Excellent. Did I Perfect. do okay? Perfect. Uh, ex okay. He's from, uh, from Helsinki, Finland, and he's the captain and co-founder of Space Nation, which uh, has today approximately fifty to 60,000, let's call them subscribers, with a similar directive, different dinars, but similar, that he wanted to accelerate humanity's transition into the new space era. So welcome to the show. Thank you, David. Uh, pleasure to be on the show. Well, I, I, we just had a small conversation beforehand. He's I've got water because I sometimes recommend <laughs> people get water. He's got coffee, two cups of them. So if he gets a little hyper, we can slow him down. Tell him not to drink the coffee. Yeah, yeah. So uh, do you have an outline for us to work off of, uh, some bullet points that we're going to be covering? Yeah, I have a few. I have three, actually. And um, uh, first one is basically that... Uh, uh, I believe and we believe that going to space isn't just inevitable, but a necessity for the whole humanity. And the second bullet point is that uh, there are three pillars driving humanity to space. And, and the third one, why moon and how? Okay, let's start with this first one then. Going to space uh, is not only inevitable, but it is necessary. So what do you mean by that? Uh, that's a, a big a big statement. That, that is uh, a big statement. So uh, basically, uh, that uh, I view that uh, humanity as a race or species or society going to space is just a matter of time. That is, as, as long as I've been like um, uh, alive and my memories go, I, I felt it in the bones and everything. And, and what I've learned has just emphasized it. So thinking about the space race going to the moon and, and these first being uh, politically driven races and, and these kind of things. Uh, but what we also see now what is happening, uh, that we truly are in that uh, most interesting era when it comes to space exploration and, and settling in space that we live in that. Like, like uh, it would have been fun to see personally uh, us going to the moon uh, but I think like this is the most uh, uh, interesting and exciting time to be alive when considering humanity's so, transition wait, wait, space. Did, <laughs> did you just say, I think I heard what you said, so let me make sure I clarify. Yeah. You think it would have been interesting if that we could have gone to the moon. So I think what you're, are you trying to say, and tell me if I'm wrong, you're asking, you're saying you wish you were a little bit further down the line and that you had actually, you get to experience it today? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, or, or I'm, uh, when we went in the 60s, like the moon, to see it personally and being alive in that uh, that time would be, have been interesting and fun. But I see that this time where we live is much more exciting because now we are going there uh, to stay and not just to visit. So it was almost like 50 years ago that we were there last time. And uh, I think that it, it is it is 50 years. Yeah, yeah it, it's a long time. And, you know, the, a lot of people are very disappointed. So it might not have been a good time. That group of individuals, when you talk to them, they're not happy. Yeah, they, they don't they don't know how 50 years disappeared. And we are just starting to see the ignition of this race, this space uh, excitement again. So Exactly, and that might, might be very Phineas-like angle, but that frustration is basically fueling and accelerating the development too. There, there was born, that generation that saw, saw it is like uh, they were stolen the future that they were promised. It, it's of course like a kind of a cliche, those who know uh, the, the statement, but uh, then also the, the generations afterwards like if we talk about whether it's uh, Elon Musk's or Jeff Bezos's or other ones that that uh, grew up reading like uh, well the sci-fi literature and uh, 
uh, waiting like space cities and moon cities and these. And and that was when I was born in in the 81 and uh, grew up on 80s. I was like expecting that when are we on Mars? When when do we have space cities? When when we have permanent settlements in the moon? And then in the 90s, I, I was starting to be aware more about things and understanding about why the space race happened, why why we aren't there. There's a matter of cost and, and certain hardships in going there and everything. Uh, but uh, now in the past 10, 15 years, that, that's all been radically changed. And uh, most of the people doesn't know about it. And it's very logical. Why not, basically? Well, it, it, yet at the same time, is there a chance? I don't know. I'm just asking your opinion of this. <laughs> is there a chance we could screw it up again? Definitely. So, uh, kind of, a, I uh, myself going in, into a certain center of the whole development of this and and human human space flight and and these. That was kind of the first things also I learned that. Uh, it might seem outside when looking like uh, sports cars flying to the Mars and these kind of things that, that it's going well. Uh, and it is in a way, but uh, behind the scenes, uh, uh, it's scary how um, fragile it is also, meaning that there's uh, just a small group of people driving it and, and thinking about the resources and the money in it compared to whether it's the classic uh, military budget of US or the whole wealth of, of the planet. It's, it's such a small fraction that actually goes into humanity going to space at the moment compared to everything else. And and uh, if if the business models basically that are very fragile and, and new in there, because before it was uh, mo- mostly about government uh, driven things, and, and now we are talking about commercial space. So we are taking the first steps, but we might crumble and, and the crumbling might like mean uh, a decade like or decades even uh, um, uh, slowing down the transition but I guess we are jumping to the next uh, uh, point of my bullet point well, already well, so let's, <laughs> let's so let no, let's get back to the inevitable yeah, yeah. because the the launch that just happened with Elon was an incredible feat that that has happened at the same time some of the commentators were that I was listening to started to say well first of all uh, the United Launch Alliance has had a hundred percent success rate. They have had challenges. They are cheaper today, and the Elon Musk is going to catch up very quickly. That's not to say that in that something else could happen be geopolitically, politically, militarily. Uh, the world's unstable. So when you say it's inevitable, do you mean it's inevitable sometime in the future, or are you saying it's inevitable now? So sometime in the future. It looks strong now, in a way. Even if it's there's a fragile things and risks in the world, but there's always risks and going to space and new frontiers. But uh, the inevitable in meaning that it's a matter of time. But I but I think in that sense also that uh, there are it's a race against time in a way also as a society, and there we come into the matter of necessity. So um, thinking about human human uh, humans as a group of individuals and as a, as a society and civilization uh, i believe that it's in our dna that we are explorers we we can't stay too long in confined spaces we uh, to say, say it bluntly we like stagnate and and we kill each other if we are taken into a confined space and there's no like room to uh, explore and, and the mentality is whether we talk about micro world, so meaning like uh, uh, long, long ago, what is behind that hill, what is behind the next hill, what is behind the sea and such thinking, uh, but also like uh, searching new frontiers, whether it is in the microscopic world. Uh, and it doesn't mean that we all are like that. But as a society, there are always a group of individuals that uh, want to find something new and and the big masses if they don't act they still dream about something new and hopeful and inspirational and certain parts of that we saw also in the moon landings uh, that that how it affected the society and uh, and the whole humanity as a whole even if it was a blink moment of history but yeah. it's an it's an interesting comment because I'd never thought about it until just as the moment you said it. You said it's in our DNA. Yes. 
And if I started, and yet when you defined it, you said some of us have it and some of us do not. It, it's, but, so I guess I guess the question is, it might not be in our DNA. It might be because we see scarce resources. It might be because we uh, are curious. It might be because uh, some people like to own things or control things. I, I'm not exactly sure if it's in our DNA or is it is an is it an offshoot of our DNA. Well, that, that's fair, fair enough. I think like uh, it, it is, as you said, it is about curiosity. So the curiosity uh, drives the exploration, drives the innovation. And uh, I think that uh, what I'm referring that uh, uh, if some people doesn't act in so much, it, it might be like more in a dormant for them. And, and some might be like triggered or activated and, and uh, act on it more. Uh, and it's it's kind of the same way if you talk about like entrepreneurship or uh, similar things in that that sense that uh, also the environment where you come from might like uh, uh, how do you say like put it down a little bit. So for example, I come from the part in Finland that uh, let's say that positive encouragement wasn't a, a, a very like abundant thing. So uh, uh, like uh, <laughs> doing new stuff and crazy stuff or, or making a space company wasn't something that. Uh, as a, a big farmer's son, you were so much like encouraged on, uh, and it might not always be like uh, uh, the reason that uh, the mentality that the encouragement, but because it is uh, uh, unknown and uncertainties and these, but uh, uh, there will always be those uh, courageous individuals or those that uh, whatever the reason that it triggers uh, the need to exploration and and whether it's uh, like we see sending sports cars into space or other things, it still ignites that in in the whole other society also. And and you can so, go in the history to see it about like whether it was uh, the errors of going to uh, America or, or whatever, like these kind of pioneers going, uh, it, it uh, affected the societies as a whole and give inspiration, dreams and hopes uh, and, and same. So, so what what happened with you? I mean, I, I hope your parents are never going to listen to this interview um, because you just told them that they didn't get much encouraged, give you much encouragement. But as a society, what happened to you? As your background is in the sciences, what made what sparked your creativity? What made it change that you were interested enough to say you wanted to build a new organization to help promote this? Well, I, well, uh, to, to say about my parents, actually, like. Uh, I owe them uh, uh, like uh, uh, a lot than all uh, in in that way to say that uh, even though they were like farmers uh, and and I come from a three thousand people village and farm village, um, they didn't understand when I was like uh, as long as my memory is called like uh, drawing rockets and and talking about space and learning about every space book and libraries and and ordering around the Finland all the space books in the eighties. Uh, but they like uh, allowed me to do that. They they basically didn't uh, say that don't do that. You should do like other kids and something like that. So I was very fortunate in that way. But I saw a lot of other people and kids that wasn't in the same situation. But of course, what triggered? Uh, I don't have a, a like a, this uh, a amazing story that I saw some like. Uh, meteorite or I saw the stars or something like that uh, as long as my memories go it has been inter internal thing just like like uh, in, I was born in 81 and uh, somehow I've always thought about going to space and taking it as a natural thing like uh, that's the difference that I have hard, sometimes hardship to cope when I talk to like uh, 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 friends or, or some other people and when I was especially young that uh, for many people space was like far fantasy and cold for me it was always like warm uh, hopeful and something natural it was like another continent going to space like uh, undiscovered country and it's it's matter of time that we go and i i, uh, I in in that sense if i may continue i, I like to view sure, that, sure. view that um uh, we think that going to the continents others like was building a sailing uh, sailing ships and and these uh, and now going to the space, like, it, yeah, yeah, it's much harder, like, it's a totally different thing. But I think that it's not. Uh, in in time-wise, uh, thinking about the exponential technology development that we live in in this time now, it, it makes actually 
time-wise, it's linear also, the development, because the technology yeah. changes so fast. Uh, okay, the reusable rockets is just the beginning and everything, but material technology or other capabilities that, that uh, enable it. So we are seeing next years and next decades so exciting times and and i think as you said in the beginning the things that can screw up that are like a political turmoil world war three or some of these kind of a cataclysmic uh, um, global uh, economic meltdown that the 2018 recession would be like just uh, uh, like a kindergarten stuff <laughs> i like the word i like how you said it always warm hopeful and natural which is an interesting way to look at yeah. space, at least from my perspective. So you say it's a necessity. Why is it? A, why, in your opinion, is it a necessity? Well, I, I think it's in, in, as I said, like in human nature to go new frontiers, whether, whatever triggers it, as you said, like whether it would be like uh, new resources or something, finding something new, being curious. It can have different motivations that set it up. And of course, it... Uh, uh, needs to be when going to space in a sustainable way and uh, not just visiting there. Uh, so, of course, then you come to economics and, and something very practical terms. But I think the necessity is uh, uh, means if we think about the globalization of the, uh, of the world at the moment, uh, okay, uh, old term, but now it's like happening so much more forcefully, like uh, let's say 10 years ago or 100 years ago and everything. The Globalization, of course, started already when we had the sailing ships or means to like uh, go around the world or, or transfer information around the world. But now that we have the Internet, we have the social media, uh, not just like calling, texting, we have immersive ways to uh, uh, connect with people all around the world. Uh, that means uh, uh, affecting our societal fabrics in the way that uh, nation states uh, uh, lose in certain way or transform, like lose meaning, but also drag transform in, in certain ways. Because uh, before you had like, let's say, uh, well, Americans might not be the best example in that way, because American <laughs> is like a melting pot and, and a very unique thing and, and, and great thing that it's built on immigration, immigrants. But whether it's Finland, whether it's uh, uh, like uh, France, uh, Japan or whatever other countries, let's say, uh, you have a group of people that if you dissect them, they have different kind of people and, and subgroups and, and interests. But there's a certain societal norms that homogenize a little bit the, the, the population. Now we are like uh, living at the brink of the time that, that we are losing a lot of that. Because if you think about young people or millennials, uh, but also affecting older people's um, People have different kind of uh, desires, hopes and interests and you can find your community and belong your community and that community isn't bind to the nation states. It can be like uh, uh, global uh, and you can belong into different many kind of groups. So it changes identities from nation based identities to more like community based uh, identities. And in, in that sense, when we look what is happening now in the world and we are having bumps and hiccups and, and like pendulum movements, like uh, whether it's uh, Trump's or, or Brexit's or, or the uh, populist right wing movements in Europe or wherever, uh, those are just like backslashes and something bumps on the roads. Uh, in the inevitable uh, uh, societal effects and, and globalization. Uh, but uh, I think you and, and many people agree that this is a time where we need this kind of a, a lasting moon landing uh, unifying effect. Call it from the overview effect that astronauts have, the unity aspects, the new perspectives that seeing us uh, uh, as a one planet, as, as, as an Earth and one nation, rather than uh, uh, multiple nations acting like teenagers. So going to space can uh, and, and will bring us that kind of a global uh, change in the mindset. And, and that is the necessity, one of the necessities why we need to do that. Okay, so let's move on to the three pillars driving space. What are those three? I'm really interested in hearing these. Yeah, uh, the the three pillars, uh, uh, and, and this is, as I said, like m my opinion that I've uh, identified that 
Uh, first of, of course is like the technology one, so meaning reusable rockets, miniaturizing uh, technology, uh, ways technology-wise to get the price points and cost to get the space lower, but also uh, creating new capabilities and opportunities in space so uh, that we can do their things that we couldn't before because we lacked the technology, whether it was material technology, whether it was something uh, related to 3D printing and manufacturing, uh, whatever. And and the second pillar is, and, and the first one, that pillar is basically most perhaps like looked at and, and, and understood. The second is a bit more difficult. Uh, it, it, it means uh, the uh, governmental collaboration and i'm not just meaning between each government uh, which after the cold war era started when we built the international space station and and it's even uh, if like russia and us has problems in the political sense otherwise the the in the space uh, exploration and, and cooperation in the international space station it's it's almost perfectly still working uh, and uh, that kind of, of course, in the future is more important when we venture deeper in the space. But um, also the collaboration between the commercial companies and allowing the competition happen there. And that was the big change. So we wouldn't have without that companies like SpaceX. Uh, of course, like Blue Origin can be like a, a bit different because the world's richest person owns it and and has the own capital to do whatever with that if if he he likes but for example spacex is is tied to like uh, government contracts uh, which bring the most of the money uh, so uh, if uh, let's say us government wouldn't have allowed uh, to break the the oligopolic system or monopolic system of like boeing and lockheed martin uh, we would have higher, higher prices in going to space and it wouldn't have been like uh, changing. So innovation and, and renewing and disrupting industries needs the competition and healthy competition. Uh, the third pillar, uh, I think, is always most neglected and, and uh, like uh, left alone and, and uh, because also it's a bit harder to understand, but is basically we the people meaning that uh, uh, getting the message why we go to space, why we need to go to space, why, what are the benefits here on Earth about it, uh, how can I as an everyday person be part of this new space era or, or space exploration, why should I care, uh, getting big public engaged. And, and we see it uh, already, like uh, whether it was the moon landings, that uh, people were so thrilled in the beginning and everything. Then we went uh, again to the moon and again. And uh, I think, was it the uh, third or which, which uh, time that we went to the moon that people didn't care about the life uh, camera feeds from the trip anymore and, and, and they cut it. Oh, I've, at, I've, never, I've never heard that. Yeah. I've never heard that Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, it was uh, uh, I don't know, was it Apollo, Apollo 17 or something? Like uh, in the middle of the show, they cut it off and and uh, didn't want to tell the astronauts, and then they showed I think some sports or something in the middle. But so um, getting people more and more involved because uh, if you don't have the we the people the public uh, involved and engaged, uh, it's so much more harder and slows down uh, whether it's the funding of space agencies whether it's the demand uh, uh, for the private space companies also because whether it's a uh, might not be so direct effect but indirectly it creates demand also and the demand is the big problem for example uh, low earth orbit economy uh, that uh, that uh, is in the strategic goals of nasa and other space agencies that we need to uh, transform the Earth's orbit in a commercial, private company-driven economy in a, in a way that it is sus sustainable uh, without as little subsidies or anything that, that, that we could have, so that the resources of governments uh, would be freed uh, to go to the moon and beyond. And, and yeah. It, it's... That's such an interesting point. I have not heard that Apollo 17 in the cutoff, whatever number it may be, 
the the flight yeah. that you're talking about because what comes to mind immediately it are uh, a few things uh, actually the first one in no, sorry no i remember upload 13 i think it was so okay. uh, 11 12 and 13 yeah i put a i remember reading just recently about how challenging it was for the one of the brothers of the the twins to live in the international space station for a year and how how difficult it was on his body and how difficult it was to experience that whole endeavor and there's potentially space is an exciting venture while it's rockets being tossed up and and all of the other actions or visible activities we can see yet at the end of the day what will make us do it differently this time around uh, well, the technology and the means to connect whoever globally people, even live and instantly to the space exploration. So you have uh, mobile devices and, and you have AR and VR and, and live feeds and, and uh, uh, telecom connections that you couldn't have dreamed of like in, in 50 years ago or even like 10 or 20 years ago. And that enables basically that we can immerse uh, when done in a right way, the whole world into the space uh, exploration this time. And and you can have, whether it's on board the International Space Station, whether it is on the moon, uh, you could even have like a, one individual, uh, uh, like a, uh, remotely control something down here from Earth. Uh, so, so you can, the possibilities that we can now do technology-wise is huge. And I think that uh, what is slowing us down in that front at the moment uh, is the burden and illusions of history. Because we went to the moon 50 years ago, we haven't gone back, we don't have space, space cities, we didn't go moose. Why would anything change now? I know, I mean, most of the people doesn't know that we ha even have an international space station, which is like the largest uh, uh, peacetime human international built structure in human history so so like it's unbelievable but the uh, because we view that nothing hasn't changed and people don't expect so people are expecting that nothing isn't happening anytime soon and that affects that not uh, the brilliant minds that built the moon going to the moon the 25 the 30 year old engineers uh, they are doing other stuff because they don't see the opportunities uh, yet so well in the space but i think in the next couple of years that's all gonna change uh, and the prelude was like a sports car in space but when blue origins and virgin galactic sun start to send people it becomes real and people will awake at that point and this is also in the investor side so uh, uh, i was for example uh, last summer in a space panel on, on european business angels like uh, annual conference and we were talking, talking about space investment and and still they think that you need to have like hundreds of millions in to go to space business and the truth is that you can uh, uh, go with $100,000 into space business building apps yeah. for example from the observational data which is like uh, in some parts free from in, in Europe so People don't know these opportunities and what is happening, but uh, we need to get the message out and, and they will see when it happens also in this year and next year. It's interesting as as you're laying this out, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you because it's it's something that I don't want to say, but I think I should <laughs> say. When the international, when SpaceX rocket went up, when the, just the heavy went up, I didn't watch it. I actually didn't watch it the next day or a few days later until I said to myself, I have to watch <laughs> this thing. It wasn't a draw for me, even though for four years I've been working in the space industry, for four years I've been working with people who are excited about space. It still didn't have that, oh my God, pull to it. So I, I, there's 7.5 billion people on this planet. And as you said, many people don't know that the International Space Station is one of the largest peacetime endeavors ever using multi-geographic yeah. uh, 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 countries collaborating. And so 
I think there's an excitement that happens in the space, especially in the space sector. That's very exciting. And I think that you're bringing up that you can get into it for $100,000 makes it even more alluring to grow the ecosystem. It's just that I, I did, from the people that I hang out with, and these are people who are running $100 million, $8 million, $100 million, $800 million, billion dollar companies. No one spoke about it. Nobody was talking about it, which I think is amazing as you're saying it. I'm thinking back. If I knew that everybody was watching it, I would have had to watch it. Yet I didn't hear anybody talking about it until I tuned into the people that I know. That's a excellent point and, and right to the heart of the matter. Uh, and, and actually... Uh, uh, means as as what i'm talking about the prelude because uh that is something that spilled over from the space geeks and space nerds and these kind of things a, a bit like made it closer uh because it had the sports car and it, it has the uh, uh mannequin there or this and uh and and had the space oddities singing and everything uh but still it was very like um spacey thing it was very uh, uh, far thing or cold thing, but but I, yeah. I I'd say that uh, it it wasn't just for the space geeks and everything. But that's what needs to happen basically. That we need to bring space close to people, make it warm, make it close, uh, make it in a way present that what is relevant to people's everyday life. And you actually have those kind of connections. Uh, a lot, whatever uh, you are in. So whether it's something that we use technologies created in space already in our everyday lives, or where it's like uh, tying and presenting people like uh, uh, how like fashion here and how space fashion and these kind of things. It, it, this Channel 5 uh, or the Channel uh, like high fashion brand uh, had a like a space uh, uh, space fashion show last uh, uh was it fall yeah uh yeah. and and these kind of things are basically the the signals that it's coming to like close to popular things that are close to people so uh, it's yeah. it's it's close it's there. I, and i i uh i've often found for companies organizations uh opportunities they might not they might miss your words were warm hopeful and natural yeah and it needs those to be the presented three, those are the, those are the three words that you use and you need to present it in those in the exact same way it's take it used to be cold and you used to and i can we can play this back and get them yet you always saw it as always saw yes. it as warm hopeful and natural so i would use that in your space nation development because I think it's a great way to emphasize where you come from, the the reason why the the background and the the texture of your of your endeavor, which I think would be helpful. Just a it's just a suggestion. You don't have to take it. I just think it's I like those words. I think it meant a lot as you said it. So uh, those words resonated with me. Thank you because I, I I we use a lot like or I use like in, in many times close, warm, and relatable. But it's no. it's good that you took me back to the roots because like natural, hopeful, and warm sounds so much. Uh, no, 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 not natural, hopeful, and warm. It's warm, hopeful, and natural. The reason is the warm makes you immediately have a sensation in your body. When you say hopeful, it's aspirational, and then natural says, "Wait, wait, wait, that fits into who we are." So that order is useful. There's. In and then we'll get back to the interview. There's something that I've named called AIMED, A I M E D. If you want to have something that's powerful, have it aspirational, inspirational, motivational, educational, and directional. That's a so, excellent. So, AIMED is the term that I, I came up with it because I was tired of trying to put things together in my own head, and I said it's called AIMED. So, in yours, it is aspirational, inspirational, motivational, educational, and directional because it is talking about space. So I think those are warm, hopeful, and natural. So let's get to, let's get on to the why the moon and how. Yeah, so in, in short, the moon is key to sustainability for humanity to go to space and, and to get the benefits then 
back here on Earth, down down to the Earth for everyone. And and uh, okay, we told why the necessity part. I talked about the aspects of uh, of uh, overview effect and this unity effect uh, for uh, borderless thinking about of, uh, us as a uh, as a humanity. But uh, we now might talk more about the practical, uh, uh, more in a practical sense that. Um, uh, I think that the moon, going to space and going to the moon, it's about the prosperity, whether it's the economy, whether it's the creativity, technological achievement, development, and of course, then the societal effects, all whole nine yards, like uh, in a pervasive way that we benefit out of that. But the moon is special. If, if we wouldn't have the moon there, it would make so, so much harder uh, us to go to space and of course uh, if, if you go to other sciences you can argue that would would we have a life as we know without the moon uh, because of the tidal waves and, and certain gravitational things that it affects uh, certain um, uh, chemical processes and, and what's not here down on earth but let our next guest our next guest is Neil Cummings who wrote a book what would happen if the moon did not exist excellent so, so I, I don't go so there he, I, I leave it to he, he, him that part but uh, talking about them uh, us, us going to space so why it is so important uh, mainly it has to do with uh, gravity well so meaning that uh, getting stuff uh, 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 from down here surface of the earth to the, even to the low earth orbit like a couple of hundred kilometers or miles above uh, the ground it needs a lot of energy a lot of fuel and and even if you get like rockets refuse, reusable uh, there's the cost of the fuel and, and that energy needed like uh, steel that uh, then uh, limits again is the next limit basically that we need to get over with and we will actually and there's ways to do that but uh, so uh, getting to the low earth orbit and escaping earth's gravity and getting uh, higher and higher from that gravity well where we are at the bottom uh, to the moon needs even more energy and, and um, if we are basing our space exploration, going to the moon, Mars and beyond, uh, creating space industries and, and manufacturing in space and, and even dreaming that we uh, transfer the polluting uh, manufacturing here from surface of the Earth in some uh, future to the uh, space, uh, that's not very practical and very feasible. But the moon changes everything because moon is a gas station there's water you can make uh, okay like life supporting aspects like wa water use there get oxygen but you can make rocket fuel and the other thing there's a construction material and the third thing it doesn't have such a gravity well and pull as earth so in almost like simply put uh, you can create stuff on moon you can uh, make fuel there and just kick it out of the moon and it falls back to earth <laughs> to yeah, oversimplify yes. and and that no no I've, I've i've said this exact same thing i've said if you took a marble and you flicked it hard enough and it got out of the moon's very limited uh gravity well it would eventually fall to earth now it could take a very very long time yeah. but it's going to come to us yeah so all these aspects that it's a gas station it's a construction station uh, it's of course training ground for our uh, settlements into uh, to further in deep space and mars and beyond uh, and of course it's a scientific research post uh, so so actually the, we went like a certain amount of times to the moon but like uh, the the uh, we could have done it uh, in hindsight better uh, when thinking about scientific research and, and much of the, the moon is still like uh, there's a lot to scientifically research there also and to use of course the dark side of the moon uh, where there isn't like uh, radio uh, uh, pollution in, in the sense like uh, uh, here on earth or, or light pollution so uh, observ ob observations or, or radio telescopes or these it's an ideal place of course also but, no. yeah I got to stop you, Kale. Before we go on any further, yeah. you just called it. You called it the dark side instead of the far side. 
I, I have I've been razzed. I've been picked on. In the beginning, I would say the the dark side of the moon, and no, 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 you can't say that. You can't say that. And here you are saying it. That that, that la- yeah yeah that I'm laughing. Yeah yeah that, that that's true. Like yeah, yeah. but yeah uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe. It, no, but the dark side makes sense, but it's just funny because I have been so careful not to call it that, and then you throw it out, it, and you've been a space lover forever. Yeah, it, I actually like it. Uh, to if if we are pedantic or something, <laughs> the dark side is not a good uh, like term of it because it's not always dark, but uh, uh, the uh, it's dark for us or like let's say that it's uh, we don't see it. Well, it's it's in Hong Kong we have the dark side when you go over to Kowloon people it's just sounds bad it sounds ominous so i love that you used it so i have to stop at that so continue on so the moon is viable for these one two three four five different or six which is uh hydrogen oxygen construction material no gravity uh, limited gravity well training ground scientific research and the fact that it has an alternative side the far side or the dark side where there's no radio and light pollution so that you can perform scientific tests you can do all sorts of things differently than you would on on the uh the side facing the earth yeah, uh, but the big big thing maybe like to con- uh, concentrate on these is uh, the part of the gas station and construction. So basically everything uh, on the Earth's orbit, low Earth orbit or, or higher orbits, uh, in the future we are going to build that on the moon or from the materials of the moon and also use it as a gas station to get uh, out of from the low Earth orbit uh, to the moon, but also then beyond. And without that, it would be so, so much harder and slower and economically uh, like less feasible. And that is the big thing that uh, 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 I think and, and a very hopeful thing and, and, and promising thing, because as I said in the beginning, I think it's uh, for human race, it's certain kind of a race against the clock. Uh, if we don't go into space, get the new perspectives, get the prosperity, whether it is resource-wise or, or energy-wise, uh, uh, I, I, I might see that uh, the hopes of uh, us like thriving as a humanity would be like uh, very, very much lowered. That uh, have yeah. you have you read the book Seven Eves? Uh, no, I haven't. Seven Eves, uh, more or less, the moon gets broken up and disappears. And it is a book about humanity's transition into space because of that uh, situation. It's a, it's a, I, at least 12 people had asked me to read it. And that finally I said, I've got to read this book. So you might want to look it up. Seven Eves is what it's called. Yeah, okay. So, so in terms of the, so that's the why the moon, how, how, what is your solution to getting there compared to everybody else? Well, uh, I I don't know if it is uh, like uh, drastically uh, different, but uh, it it goes like um, in that way that we have to now uh, uh, strive to get that uh, low Earth uh, orbit sustainable commercial economy. Now that's a mouthful, but like uh, uh, having that private companies run that, and and of course there's a collaboration with governments and and certain things that government is a client and customer there also. But then going to the moon needs to be a cooperation with the governments, the space agencies and the private companies. And OK, we see now the deep space gateway happening with NASA and Russians. And I, I think like there will be others in uh, part of that. And I think Japan was part of that. But then the settlement on the moon. Uh, OK, we as a space nation have certain plans of that that we can tell, uh, we'll, we'll be telling later this year out. Uh, but also like European space agencies uh, has, of course, moon village things and these. Uh, but then uh, where the money uh, comes is China and the Chinese space agency. But it will be also a cooperation of all space agencies, I'm sure of that. But then also with the private companies, whether it's Blue Origins, uh, SpaceX's and these. So, OK, that is how we uh, get there and everything. But the important part of it all is uh, how to create, as you know, that uh, sustainable economy around this. 
and uh, low earth orbit is in our crash uh, faster and it takes a bit more time with the moon and you need the subsidies and 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 bigger customer uh, as a government to be part of there eventually we will get there and then of course once again government and private companies go to the mars and beyond um, but the the economy is tied in the space so low earth, low earth orbit already it's profitable to make like fiber optics there because of the microgravity makes the quality so much higher than here down on earth i think like the infrared light goes into that uh, inside that fiber opti optics even uh organ printing because like manufacturing and printing uh, uh objects that are like hollow inside or like not solid is easier in microgravity so we will get like our hearts and, and uh, that's actually a warming and hopeful thing also uh, uh, in the future from the orbit. Uh, and uh, all these these things and, and we can now know some of these, but it's like the analogy like uh, uh, internet in the 90s that you knew that it's going to change everything. But uh, it would be a bit redundant to ask at that in the 90s, like middle of 90s, that so tell me what kind of new ventures and innovations will there be and expecting the answer to be like Facebook, Twitter or, or like uh, Airbnbs or, or these kind of things or Amazons even. The, so, the, so, yeah. The, the, uh, the number, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the number yeah. is 300, it's a $330 billion industry today. Yeah. The low Earth orbit is $330 billion. So it's not all. a small industry today. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to grow like uh, estimated now, but like those estimates, of course, are like projections and going to change and, and uh, probably getting like faster, bigger than they believe. But 1.5, 1 trillion, it was something like, uh, was it 2030s and uh, then 3.3 billion, uh, trillion uh, in, in, uh, 2040s or 50s, something like that are the current estimates. But I think they, those are going to change because also the what you count in the space industry. So I think what, what we are not anticipating yet are uh, the uses and experiences that we can create, whether it is for uh, entertainment, uh, uh, educational purposes or whatever, and, and edutainment or, or fun learning and these kind of things that uh, we also, as a space nation, work in that realm uh, to bring close to everyday people, basically. Because most of the space industry, what we are talking is, is just, of course, like business-to-business -business things. And, and it makes sense in the past phase. But now the technology has enabled that we can create, okay, send even more uh, people as a space tourists or visitors in, into space in the future. But we can also connect uh, in ways... Uh, large masses of people with, with AR, VR, or like we are providing astronaut training and, and chance to go to space uh, for global audiences. So where do you draw the line between like uh, uh, space in what is in, in, in the space industry marketplace and what not basically? Because um, you can have, uh, so to call like terrestrial uses and terrestrial experiences built on, on the space exploration basically. Um, but yeah, uh, so the moon basically, uh, the big thing is it enables all that economy to scale up basically. So, so without that, the scaling up, uh, whether it's the low orbit, getting their space stations, manufacturing, uh, it would be so much more cost, costly thing to do without the moon. So when we built the moon settlement, all the construction, manufacturing, gas station things and everything. We can then build the space elevators on moon and, and earth and then get a one, again, scale price point reduction in, in getting stuff to space or people to space. Uh, and, and that's going to change uh, everything once again. Uh, the If we can go back for a second, yeah. I've been holding on this. You talked about the moon village which i know is going through some transitions already with its uh board and then you mentioned the chinese space agency yeah and you highlighted it so yes. give me what your what's your take what's your feeling what's what have you learned that i should know we should know 
yeah so uh, the china has like well you of course know no china probably better than i but like uh, i i'm learning i'm learning from you you've yeah. been you're <laughs> yeah. but but in, in, in any case uh, china uh, china is patient when setting goals uh, and and uh, i firmly believe that uh, the goals that they have set for space exploration or, or uh, using space and, and the opportunities there will be drastically changed in few years. When they see certain kind of proof of concepts and pilots, they will scale up that and they can do that. When they see the opportunity and, and feasibility uh, whether it's building the moon settlement, uh, whether it's uh, mining something or manufacturing space, they have the political means and will and uh, financial capabilities to do almost anything. And uh, uh, I believe that that uh, when what is happening now, okay, like uh, driven in, in US space, private space companies and, and in Europe and everywhere else, uh, when we are seeing these changes in the upcoming next uh, few years and five at the most, uh, uh, China is going to like uh, double down and put a lot, lot more funding in, in going to space. And, and the ideas of sending people to uh, moon 2030s is going to happen much, much faster. And and that's my take on, on what's going to happen with the Spanish, Sp uh, Chinese uh, space exploration is there one specific thing in china very short one specific thing in china that made you or makes you feel that this will happen and before you answer that i'm only throwing out xi jinping's announcement or more or less his position that he's going to be continuing his role uh there's a lot of ai activity happening in china that is not exactly towards western world's beliefs uh, positive and there is a challenge economically through China for, uh, in many reasons, many ways, because of the banking system. So what makes you feel so confident in China being the one who's going to drive a lot of this? Uh, well, one, of course, is, is kind of there's a, this mini space race. You might say that uh, because of the 2010 elections and what happened to the, after that and, and this America first mentality, uh, uh, China was like uh, 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 not included in the International Space Station and and what of course uh, Chinese hate the most and, and, and you don't ever do to Chinese is them losing their face and, mm -hmm. and at that point you did that uh, and uh, so they sprung more resources and, and out of that to build their own space stations basically and they are not, now building of course them and and already have like whether you call it space lab or space station there uh, but it's the general thing is has to be said looking all this big infrastructure developments uh, all all the big uh, uh, well well infrastructure is actually the best example so thinking the bullet trains for example uh, they've been laying out around like uh, is it 25 or 30,000 kilometers of, uh, of bullet train tracks in the past three four years. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't remember how many countless of tens of billions or hundreds of billions that cost. Uh, and this year they're making like 4,000 uh, uh, kilometers more of that. Uh, at the time, I of course like a. Uh, uh, was started to think how much there is in US and, and like tweeted about it that is there even bullet trains in US and someone answered that the, no, there, there there is not yeah so so uh, there's prop there's all reasons property rights actually to some degree what the Americans did is uh, US took the technology from Europe and from China and they brought it to the States but they could not use it the same way so they had to modify it in the modification everything was failing because there's no straightaways. They don't have, America doesn't have the property rights and the ability such as China to say, we're just moving you out of the way to keep this train going fast. So, so in the last few minutes that we've got, if you were to share something amazing that's happening that you think that I should know about, that you would say, 
This is really, really exciting. What would be one thing you want to share with me? Hmm. That, that's a good question. Hmm. I, uh, I I think it is uh, what what I've been seeing doing uh, what I'm doing uh, and and the change in in the last five years and and that is like accelerating just now in the past like year and two uh, the change in mindsets in in space industry and and. Uh, everyday people basically towards the the uh towards space so meaning the amazing change how like nasa uh, uh and and the cultural changes that there has happened in the past let's say even two years uh and also at the same time what is starting to happen with the general public and and whether it is talking about the the sports car uh, going to Mars but also uh, there are signals all the time that I'm pumping totally different way uh, in the general public engagement involvement and fascination about the new space era than what was like five years ago or even a few years ago and uh, that development I think is going to hugely like ignite uh, when Virgin Galactic and Blue Origin start to fly people to space that that's the well, most I, exciting. I, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but Virgin's Virgin wants to stay within atmosphere as of now. They wanna they would like to do satellites into orbit, but they really want to say in uh, atmosphere. Blue Origin is a different story. So I guess my what I'm seeing, and this is this is not to be controversial. To end it with a controversial note, it's just mm. a question is that I see a lot of money pouring into a lot of venture, a lot of activities, that we're not going to be seeing any activity out of them for 15 years. That these things that people are professing and getting funding for, mm, it's exciting. It sounds good on paper. Yep, we're still trying to get a rocket out once again in the same way that we used to, to be able to get to the moon and, and do the others. What do you, what's your take it, even though this is a lot of excitement, are you also seeing a lot of excitement the wrong way? Yes, uh, th that's a good point. So that that's actually an excellent. So what we haven't touched, but is that uh, uh, I, I think that uh, these new companies, ventures, they still like, they are painted that these are new companies and business and private companies. But when you look at them, not many have real business models or returns on investments yeah. and something or sustainable models and and that is amazes actually me in a, in a negative way in a sense but i think there lies the thing that might be the most amazing st thing that comes out of this all that in the next uh, year or couple of years i i predict that we are going to see the first like really feasible space ventures that might not be okay some might be that has happening in 10 15 years 20 years or but there's a, a like realistic roadmaps to make money early on and have business models and revenue models that are sustainable and and that by that i get back to the analogy about the internet like that the, the technology, the capabilities, opportunities that we can do, especially on low Earth orbit, are so hugely different now and getting the, uh, even more different uh, year by year than 10, 15, 20 years ago. And it's just waiting for new brilliant minds to build businesses on top of that. And, and when it bursts, it will burst and there will be a lot. So uh, one final note or, or statistic. Sure, sure. Uh, there was 127 space companies in 2010. 127 in, in the world. Uh, now there is over 1,000. And it is predicted that in, in like less than 10 years, there's uh, 10,000. So the more we get their entrepreneurs more that there comes entrepreneurs uh, like me totally outside from space industry uh, i believe that that creates a disruption and, and something that creates uh, real businesses
that are not relied just from government money. Uh, well, that, you're talking to the choir here. <laughs> the Project Moon, Project Moonhut <laughs> Foundation is part of that, and we're collaborating you and I together right yes. now. So, uh, yes, this is this is great, Kale. I really appreciate you taking the time to go over your uh, your thoughts on how we're going to move from where we were to why the moon and and how we should approach it so i i definitely love the conversation today so thank you very much thank you very much david well the if you've liked these uh podcasts there's obviously many more that we have up for you to listen to you have the ability to work with us uh, to connect with us through space nation as well as through projectmoonhut.org and it's it's space spacenation.com correct uh, uh, .org .org spacenation.org uh, projectmoonhut.org and you can sign up for uh, our future related uh, database project you could also find us on facebook.com uh, project forward slash project moonhut as well as you can connect with us on twitter at project moonhut so to everybody out there who's listening, thank you for taking the time. Hope you learned a lot from the time that you spent with us. And I'm David Goldsmith, and thank you for listening.